Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Wednesday, September 4th, 2019. Breaking news from Vatican City. Man reportedly throws candelabra off main altar in St. Peter's, says a headline on cruxnow.com today. Quote, on Wednesday, a man described as unstable was reportedly arrested by Vatican police after tossing a candelabra off the main altar in St. Peter's Basilica. Unquote. Well, the real news here, I guess, is that the fellow got arrested. Because when Paul VI did the same thing in the 1960s, they called it liturgical renewal. Anyway, Francis is gone from the Vatican now for a few days as he has embarked on a new blather tour, which is taking him to Mozambique, where he arrived earlier today, as well as to Madagascar and Mauritius. These are all nations belonging to the African continent. And already Francis has made some headlines simply by speaking his mind today aboard Airhead One, the gigantic airplane that he uses to blow CO2 emissions all over the place while lecturing people on reducing their carbon output. Francis calls U.S. Catholic criticism of his papacy an honor. Joshua McElwee writes today at the National Non-Catholic Reporter, quote, In a brief exchange with a journalist aboard his September 4th flight from Rome for the beginning of a three-nation tour of Southern Africa, the Pope was presented with a new book that details years of efforts by conservative U.S. Catholics to influence his decision-making. Handed the volume by its author, Nicolas Senez, Rome correspondent for the French Catholic newspaper La Croix, the Pope said plainly, it's an honor that Americans attack me, unquote. Yeah, so much for Francis not being aware of his own heresies and stuff, right? In any case, with the imposter pope gone from the Vatican for a few days, this is now the perfect time for the Swiss guards to change the door locks there. Just saying. Unless, of course, they're just planning to get him stuck in the elevator again. Did you hear about that? It happened this past Sunday. Francis was seven minutes late for his Angelus address, and he apologized and explained that he had gotten stuck in the elevator at the Casa Santa Marta for 25 minutes until firemen rescued him. He said that the problem had been caused by a drop in voltage, and so, of course, I'm wondering if that has something to do with the fact that the Vatican has been running on, you know, green energy. By the way, did you know that the Casa Santa Marta is run by Monsignor Batista Rica? Yeah, and he's got his own elevator story to tell from his days in Uruguay. Anyway, while we're on the topic of Antipope Francis, I want to make sure you didn't miss this incredibly important tweet of his, that he published on August 12th, in which he once again graced the world with his profound and infinite wisdom. He said, quote, Education with horizons open to transcendence helps young people to dream and to build a more beautiful world, unquote. We'll just leave it at that. Go ahead and replay that part of the podcast if you must, but I'm not going to repeat it. You can't make this junk up. How can anyone think that this man is part of the religion of St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Francis de Sales, St. Robert Bellarmine, or St. Pius X? 
And it's not like that's an isolated or uncharacteristic thing for him to say either. For example, did you hear the bunk he blathered at members of the International Union of the Guides and Scouts of Europe in the Vatican on August 3rd? And check this out. The Frankster said, quote, Creation has no borders. It is of and for everyone. The plants, the woods, the animals grow without confines, without border controls. Creation is an open book that gives us valuable teaching. We are in the world to encounter others, to create communion because we are all connected. Creation is made to connect us with God and among ourselves. It is God's social network. But if we start out with preconceived ideas about others, fixed ideas, we will always see limits and barriers. If instead we start by encountering the other with his history, with his reality, we will discover a brother with whom we inhabit the common home, with whom we inhabit the creation that has no frontiers. Unquote. Oh, brother. This man is subverting the youth with dangerous ideas that go against the natural law. Nations are defined, among other things, by borders, and those nations have a right to exist as sovereign nations, and they have a right not to be dissolved into some kind of globalist new world order. Oh, look, plants don't need a passport to grow where they want. Yeah? That's because they're plants, idiot. And you know what else they don't do? They don't love. They don't care for others, they don't help the poor, and they don't ask questions or spread insufferable tripe. They're not rational, they don't have an intellect, and they don't have free will. As a matter of fact, they don't even have feelings. So what does that have to do with the social order of men? And by the way, creation does have plenty of borders. Rivers, lakes, oceans, mountains, chasms, bushes, deserts, the sky, and the ground. All of these, in some way or another, limit what can grow and where. If you're looking for something to enter with open borders, your best bet is, well, hell. All are welcome there. Heaven, by contrast, has rather strict immigration policies. What did our blessed Lord say? Quote, Enter ye in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there are who go in thereat. How narrow is the gate, and straight is the way that leadeth to life, and few there are that find it. Unquote. That's St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. You know where I got that particular analogy about hell having open borders and heaven having strict immigration policies? I got it from the sign of a Baptist church. That's where we're at. A heretical club like the Baptists are closer to the truth than the supposed vicar of Christ. All right, folks, I've got one final tidbit for you here. It's an explosive story from the Associated Press, and I'm going to ask you, if it sounds familiar to you, listen to this, quote, Divorced Roman Catholics in the United States are receiving annulments in record numbers, the result of streamlined procedures for dissolving a marriage by a church trying to end the estrangement of thousands of members. No longer is it necessary to prove such charges as homosexuality, insanity, 
deceit, or bigamy for a marriage to be declared null in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Annulments are no longer just for the world of the rich or well-connected, said LaSalle Caron, a Washington real estate man and the father of two, who had his 13-year marriage annulled two years ago. You no longer have to hire a canon lawyer in Rome, said Mr. Caron, who's a founder of a program for separated and divorced Christians in Washington. It's a simple matter now, not hurtful or expensive, and it can be psychologically rewarding. Mr. Caron said he felt relief after his annulment was granted. I was put in the best position to remarry, he said. The church didn't say that 13 years of my life didn't exist, just that it wasn't the ideal marriage. Unquote. So, does this sound familiar to you folks? Well, it should. Because this story was published in the New York Times on Wednesday, January 6, 1982. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.